Uh, my name is Esther. I'm one of the key leaders here at EBI. Um, and if you might have been here last week if you weren't, but last week Steve introduced our new teaching series for this autumn term. And that series is called The Journey. Uh, we can often talk about life and following Jesus as being like a journey. And to be honest, it's a pretty good word to sum up that is something that is so kind of complex. And if I look back at my own experience, my own journey of following Jesus, it's been an interesting mix of feeling prepared, feeling determined, and a slow, meandering trudge. I've been on top of a mountain shouting, this is amazing, and stubbornly lying on the floor, rigid, refusing to move an inch. And to be honest, sometimes all of that in the same day. Um, in this series, we're going to be exploring if following Jesus is a journey, what does that actually mean? Uh, where are we going? Why? Who with? And what do we need to take with us? And today, we're going to be looking at faith. This is something that we need to pack in our bag, something we need to keep handy in our back pocket. So our title is For the Journey, Faith. And as we get stuck into this, I've got a question for you. Uh, so what is faith and how would you describe it? Actually answer that question out loud. What is faith? How would you describe it? Not a trick question. Anyone shout something at me? Trusting God. Yep. Anything else? Belief that God is there. Anyone else? Hope. Brilliant. That will do. Thank you. Um, uh, there's a verse in the Bible that I find really helpful in um, yeah, describing faith and pinning down a, something that is quite hard to pin down. Um, and it's from Hebrews 11. It's verse 1. And it says... Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. You might say, that's nice, uh, but faith in who? What? And if you're a Christian, the answer might seem obvious. It's faith in God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, right? But... I don't know, I think we can sometimes still get a bit muddled with the obvious. And faith can become about a focus on the theory of God's existence or in our intellectual understanding of the Bible. Uh, on, focus on the wise words Jesus says or the Holy Spirit-inspired miracles. And sometimes faith can become very self-centered and it's all about summoning up like positive God-type vibes for positive outcomes in our lives. And I think to go on this journey of life and following Jesus, our faith needs to be rooted in the reality of the personness, that is a word, the personness of God, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So our faith needs to be rooted in the personness of God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And that's faith in a God team that is real and intimately in amongst all the stuff of our lives. And faith that we can really get to know them and have an authentically beautiful and messy relationship with them. 
Like faith is about trusting in the character of God who carefully made us, unconditionally loves us, and, get this, genuinely really quite likes us. And faith is taking a tentative step when Jesus says, follow me. It's reminding ourselves we're not alone because Jesus promised he wouldn't leave us to muddle on through life by ourselves. And faith is keeping on going when we have no idea where we're going because this God team is ahead of us, behind us, and right alongside us. And we all need to take this kind of faith with us, not based on a theory, a concept, or a religion, but in God as a person who we get to know as we travel. And this morning, um, we're looking at faith in the life of a real person, a guy in the Bible called Abraham. Um, Abraham is a pretty big deal. Um, If you want to read his story and the stories that follow, you can start that in Genesis, which conveniently is the first book in the Bible. So start reading, keep going until you run out of pages. Um, And Abraham is a great example to follow when it comes to faith, as we'll see in a minute, and rightly so. But it wasn't all plain sailing for Abraham and his wife, Sarah. Their trust in God's character was tested to the limits, and following God was complicated and costly. And Krish Kandaya says in his book, God is Stranger, God's first words to Abraham were not encouraging declarations of comfort and peace, nor even a voice of promise and protection. Instead, God's voice brought disruption and displacement and caused Abraham and his wife to become wandering nomads. And if you read their story, sometimes Abraham and Sarah, they nailed it and breezed through their journey with God. And sometimes they hit a wall. They stumbled big time and got it horribly wrong. And let's not forget, as we read their story, they were both 100% human, just like me, just like you. So let's have a read from the Bible. Um, We are going to read from Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 9. And just to make things interesting, we're going to go straight into Hebrews, another part of the Bible, chapter 11, verses 8 to 13. So two very different bits of the Bible, but they are both about Abraham and faith. Um, If you've got a Bible, uh, maybe keep both bits handy. Um, It will also be on the wall behind me. And just to say, at this point in time, Abraham is called Abram. Sarah is called Sarai. Their names, God changes their names at some point. Just to make it clear, these are the same people. Um, Have a read a little bit later on in Genesis about why their names are changed. You can do that later today. So, uh, Genesis 12, 1 to 9. Uh, This is the call of Abram. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, 
all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were, living, were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he went on towards the, towards the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and, I love this word, I, on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued towards the Negev. So let's jump to Hebrews 11. Uh, this is verses 8 to 13. Same story. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful, who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people was, were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. So we are going to pick out three things that I think might be useful as we look at Abraham and Sarah, their faith and our faith. Um, we are going to look at, number one, it's not all about me. Number two, God never forgets. And number three, a yet kind of faith, a yet kind of people. So are you with me? Great. Uh, number one, it's not all about me. Would you agree? We live in a need it now, me centered kind of society. Yeah. Got an example for you. Um, over the last few weeks, I've lived the very testing reality of watching a TV series that only releases a new episode once a week. Did you hear that? Once a week. I'm not in control. I don't get to watch as many episodes as I want, whenever I want. I have to wait until a Friday, watch one episode, and then wait a whole week until I can watch the next one. I'm not going to lie, I've got a little bit indignant about this. Um, I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> And I'd be like, how dare Amazon Prime make me wait like this? And hopefully, it's not just me who does things like that, but it's, it's easy to assume and expect, without even realizing that I'm doing it, that my life will happen my way, with my timings. And whether that's something trivial like uh, watching a TV series or something a little more profound like God speaking. 
Like, I don't know if you've had experiences in life where God has said something to you. And maybe that is something really specific. Uh, Maybe it's God speaking in a general kind of way. And, yeah, you hear him speak, and then suddenly, God's gone silent. And it's like he's just left you hanging there. And that is really, really hard. So one of my many questions in amongst all this is, is it possible to have faith, to trust God for something he's clearly said, but that you might not clearly see? And Abraham, or Abraham as he's known at this point, gives us nothing less than a massive challenge in the verses that we just read. So in Genesis, in chapter 12, in the first verse, God's first recorded word to Abraham is go. And God followed that up with seven I will promises, just in verses two and three. And at a quick look, that seems like an absolute dream. Like God gives a direction and he backs it up with a load of pretty big promises. But Abraham Abraham doesn't get a specific roadmap. He's simply told, invited, asked to get up and go. Abraham does get a I will show you promise from God, but no idea of where, no idea of when. And I don't know about you, but I think most of us would be interrupting God at this point with a list of questions. And the top one being, hold on, wait a minute, that's great, but where to, God? Because you can talk to God in Bristolian. Um, and if Abraham, if Abraham asked God questions, they're not recorded here. And maybe at this point in time, Abraham's relationship with God is still quite new, still growing. And maybe they weren't in the asking each other questions kind of stage yet. But if you ju- do jump ahead to chapter 18, you can see how that changes as God and Abraham, they hang out more. And Abraham asks God a load of questions. So have a look at chapter 18 later. Um, but... Either way, questions or no questions, Abraham's response is epic. There are three little words at the start of verse 4. So he went. Abraham gets his stuff together, which sounds like a mission in itself, and he goes. From one place to the next, to another place, then another, and another Seemingly always on the move, heading towards what God has promised. And there's another God promise in amongst these verses. In, if you have a look at verse 7, um, it says, The Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So all this traveling that Abraham is doing, here, there, everywhere, is not for himself. It's his kids his grandkids, his great-grandkids, family, he's never going to meet that will live in this land that God has promised. Like God promises Abraham greatness and blessing, but he's not going to see that in all its kind of finality. And I wonder, like, how does that sit with us? Like, are you okay with this life you're living being a part of a much bigger story that you might not see fully form and develop? Like, are we still prepared to go all in with following Jesus, even if we don't get to see with our own eyes what God has promised? 
And in Hebrews chapter 11, um, before the verses that we read and after, um, there's a list of a whole load of people who carried a whole load of faith as they traveled through life with God. And we read verse 13. It says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. Like, this is a huge challenge, isn't it? Like, can we be people who have faith to trust God is who he says he is and that he will do the things he promises? And will we keep relentlessly pursuing those things with God, even if we don't get to see it all work out in our life here on earth? And like, as, I, as I read this and think about this, it seems like, there's a lot of potential freedom in living life with God in this way, like Abraham did. Like that kind of load light and it's a bit of, oh, do you know what? It's not all about me. It's not all about you. Like God and his story, how that unfolds, how that happens, it's way bigger than us. But we still get to be a part of it. I think that's really cool. Uh, so um, it's not all about us. I've got another uh, challenge slash encouragement all rolled into one from this story. And that is our uh, second thing that we're going to look at, which is God never forgets. So um, about six, seven hundred years after God made these promises to Abraham that we've just read, you can read a bit later in the second book in the Bible, in Exodus chapter 2, verses 23 to 25, it says, during that long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out. And their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. Like I realize this can throw up a lot of questions. Like... Are you sure God didn't forget? Because six, seven hundred years is a very long time. Another question. Like, why were the Israelites slaves for so long before God remembered them and his conversation with Abraham? These are questions that I want to encourage you, us, to wrestle with and Let's talk about that. Let me know where you end up. Where you end up. Not going to take that on right now. But they're big questions. But in amongst that, here's the thing. If God says something, it counts. His word is his word. When God says, I love you, like that stands. He won't go back on that no matter what. And you can read that throughout the Bible. Like when God says, I'll establish justice on earth, you know that God is busting a gut to make that happen. That's in Isaiah 42. And when God says there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, you know a time is coming when there will be a new heaven and a new earth reality that we get to live in. That's Revelation 21. If God says something, it counts. 
Uh, here's another thing. When God makes these promises to Abraham, God also invites Abraham to roll up his sleeves and get involved in making them happen. Like, it's not a sit back, relax, and watch the magic unfold kind of deal for Abraham. Journeying with God involves movement. And Abraham hears God's promise of descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky alongside the painful and impossible to ignore reality of being childless. And as the writer of Hebrews bluntly puts it, Abraham was as good as dead on this front. Like God's promises to Abraham and Sarah, they're awesome. There's no doubt about that. But they're also promises that Abraham and Sarah, they need to do a lot of wrestling with. They need to be asking a lot of questions. They need to be saying their doubts out loud. And in that, they make wrong choices. And they work through this painfully and personally. Abraham and Sarah, in their own imperfect human ways, they do this. They roll their sleeves up and they get involved. They move. Um, Oh, yeah, okay. (laughs) You right, King David? Hey. What a ledge. Love him. Um, Right, anyway, where are we at? God never forgets. Um, Yeah, if God says something, it counts. There's the rolling up our sleeves and getting involved in the promises that God has made. And I am also really aware that me standing here saying God never forgets, this might be really painful for you to absorb or even believe right now and I just like pray that there will be something in this story that will be like a supernatural God inspired faith shot in the arm for us all right now if God says something it counts God never forgets And we're going to finish with this. So the third thing that we're picking out is a yet kind of faith and a yet kind of people. Um, In our uh, Hebrews verses, we're told that Abraham obeyed and went. And yet, he did not know where he was going. He lived in tents. Rough deal. Um, He was looking forward and, as we've just said, he was as good as dead. And in another part of the Bible, in Romans 4, verses 20 to 21, we read this. Yet he, this is Abraham, did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he promised. So yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Got your phone? Yeah, no, sorry. (laughs) So when everything in front of him suggested the complete opposite, Abraham chose to hold on to God to the God that he was building a relationship with and getting to know more and more as they traveled together. Abraham, he chose faith to trust 
that God's words, God's promises count, whether he obviously sees that or not. That's huge, isn't it? And yeah, for me, there have been and are so many times in my life when I've read and held on to that, those verses from Romans and others in the Bible that have this small but powerful yet word in the mix. Like when, when I've experienced God's miraculous healing and then got sick again, when I've been disappointed at how my life seems to be panning out, when I've been desperately struggling with my mental health, when the pain of living in this broken world has just got too much. Yet. 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 We hold on to God's love, to his word, his promises, his power, his son Jesus, and the hope he offers us in this life and the fact that there is a life way better to come. And this doesn't make the rough stuff go away. And it doesn't necessarily even make it easier. But yet, with faith, we can get our shoes on, lace them up. We can grab hold of God's actual hand and we take a step and we move. So can we together, can we have a yet kind of faith? Like, Can we be a yet kind of people in our messy world today? I'm going to pray. God, um, thank you that we don't journey through life on our own. Yeah, thank you for your promises to walk through all the stuff of life with us. And yeah, God, we're so conscious that... um, Yeah, faith in the real stuff of life isn't easy. Uh, Sometimes we have loads of faith and we feel like with you we can do anything and you can do anything. And sometimes we are not even sure if you exist anymore. So yeah, we, we come to you now Jesus exactly as we are whether we're running on empty or overflowing with faith thank you that you love and are with each one of us wherever we're at will you help us to hold on to you to hold on to your promises to wrestle with those waiting in between times that are really, really difficult. And yeah, God, will you show us what it means to have a yet kind of faith? Yeah, to not waver through unbelief regarding your promises. Yeah, God, will you strengthen our faith 
Will you help us to look to you, to give glory to you, to be fully persuaded that you have the power to do whatever you've promised, no matter what life looks like. And yeah, God, we want to be people who show this kind of faith and hope to the world around us. We help us to be a yet kind of people in our world today. Yeah, Holy Spirit, will you fill us up? Yeah, will you bring healing, comfort, uh, your love, your power, whatever it is we need right now in this moment? Thank you that you promise to generously give. So yeah, will you help us to receive from you, God, whatever that is that you're giving us today? Yeah, amen.